Good evening, Family Church, Waterlooville. Good evening, Family Church, Waterlooville. I think we are live on YouTube, and I just want to give people a chance to, um, to get ready. I want to encourage you, have a big sheet of paper ready, okay? I've got loads of scriptures. I'm sorry, can't help it on such a fantastic subject tonight. So have your Bible ready, but have pen and paper ready because um, I'm going to share a lot of scriptures tonight. And um, we're going to, I'll be reading mostly from New King James unless I say otherwise. So just relax, sit back, relax. Just receive from God tonight, okay? Um, we've had such a great day. We had a wonderful time um, with um, live church live streaming this morning wasn't Pastor Andy full of fire uh, such a wonderful time to go to, to go to Africa to go to Zambia and have all those nations coming together and he's just been ministering to the missionaries it's been absolutely wonderful and um, loved watching his videos on Facebook it made me a little bit homesick I must say I just love that African rhythm and that that passion I just love it um, but hey you know what here we are in England, <laughs> and um, we're loving it too. Um, and so we're going to be continuing tonight along the fruit of the Spirit. Um, and Chris has laid such a fantastic foundation over the last two weeks. The first week he did a great foundation. And then last week he shared on, on love. So praise God, I've got the next one, which is really great. A great one to be sharing on. So we're going to be sharing on the fruit of the Spirit joy tonight. So if you're all ready, you're ready, you're strapped in, you're ready to go, you've got your pen, your paper, your notepad, your Bible, you've got something to drink, you've got some water, some tea, some hot chocolate. Have you noticed my props? Look at this, just look at this magnificent orange tree, which was gifted to us a couple of years ago. It is beautiful and it's in fruit at the right time, the right season. So let's kick off, shall we? So, well, not literally kick off. I mean, you know, let's, let's, let's begin. That's what I meant. So our foundation text, Galatians 5, verse 22, and it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, the fruit of the Spirit. If you go back a couple of verses from Galatians 5, 19 and 20, the Bible says, the works of the flesh are, and there's this long list, but you'll notice that the works of the flesh are, plur are it's plural, but when we're speaking about the fruit of the Spirit, the Bible says, but the fruit, one fruit of the Spirit is, it's singular. So it's not multiple fruits, but fruit. And it's not, but the fruit of the Spirit um, is love or peace or patience or joy. It's and, and. And the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and long-suffering. It's like a job lot. You get it all. All of it. It's like a diamond. 
like a diamond which is multifaceted and it's got many sides and angles that reflect the light and that's really what the fruit of the spirit is like it's singular but it, we just separate it for a, for a time such as this to teach it so we break it down into these different facets and these different aspects and I think something that I, 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 I recognize about reading the Galatians 5.22 about the fruit of the Spirit. I think sometimes we can be tempted to read this as a list of our own personal strengths and weaknesses. You know, how well am I doing maybe on a scale of 1 to 10 in one of these aspects of the fruits? But that's not what it's about. The fruit of the Spirit. Well, like Christopher has explained, the fruit of the Spirit in our lives is as a result of, it's the evidence, it's the product of, an effect of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives as we have along, have, with, with, with the Holy Spirit, cooperate with the, with the Holy Spirit and have a willingness to yield to that working in, his, in our lives. Listen to what 2 Peter 1 verses 2 to 4 says. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you. Saints, listen to that for you tonight. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. All things. His divine power has given us everything we have need of that pertain to life and godliness. He's not saying to us, okay, you're born again, now get on with it. No, he's given us, he's empowered us for, with all things that pertain to life and godliness. And it goes on, it says, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Listen to this. That through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. That we may become, we may be partakers of the divine nature of God. You know, 2 Corinthians 5.17, I know every single one of us can quote this now. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. He's a new creature. He's a new breed. He's a new race. Old things have passed away, the Bible says. Behold, all things have become new. So your old nature, the old you, your pre-BC your, your BC days has passed away. You now have the nature of God. You have been endued. You are partaking of God's divine nature. Sila, pause. Think about that. You have God's divine nature in you. And God, you know what? God doesn't have any weaknesses. So don't think that, oh, well, you know, maybe I've got some of his nature. And maybe not so much patience or maybe not so much joy or whatever the case may be no god says his word says that you are partakers of his divine nature full stop not part not almost but all of it so 
but there may be parts in our lives that perhaps are underdeveloped but that that fruit is within you but we what we need to do is allow God to develop those areas of our lives that perhaps are undeveloped so this is not a list of our personal strengths and weaknesses the fruit it's the fruit of the holy spirit and that fruit is already already in you listen to this, some of these scriptures romans chapter 5 talking about the love of god talking about love the first fruit that is listed there the aspect is is love romans 5 5 says that the love of god has been poured out in our hearts past tense has been poured out in our hearts it's there it's in your heart it's been poured out we've just got to allow it to come out and sometimes there's blockages you know we've spoken about this at great length about things that come into our heart but we need to pull out those weeds we need to pull out those thorns we need to do a little spring clean of our heart and allow the love to come out allow that that love that is in there that has already been poured out they allow it to come out look at the peace of god romans 5 verse 1 says having been been justified by faith past tense we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ we have peace now we have peace the fruit of the spirit peace we have peace now joy john 15 a beautiful chapter go read john 15 it says jesus speaking says these things i have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you so if it's if it's in you it's going to remain in you jesus is saying that my joy is in you and it will remain in you his joy is there we just need to release it we've been we have become partakers of god's divine nature and if any of the fruits are in short supply in our own lives they can be developed they can be developed they are already there so i want to just point you in the direction of this beautiful beautiful orange tree and refer also to john 15 where jesus says jesus says i'm the vine you are the branches he's the vine we are the branches and listen to what he speaks about in john 15 in the first couple of verses he speaks about having fruit more fruit and much fruit john 15 verse 2 he says every branch that bears fruit there's the fruit every branch that is in him bears fruit um, and every branch that bears fruit he prunes that it may bear more fruit i call upon my first prop my first prop <laughs> some pruning shears this beautiful orange tree earlier in the year was given to us as a gift from a very dear family a very close family friend and um this thing just went grew it just went wild and it's actually like a standard so it's got this thin little stem and it's in a pot but there's got it's got this little beautiful red little little head and um but suddenly the growth started going and it started losing its shape so i just got hold of my secateurs the pruning shears and i trimmed it and i i really i really trimmed it i, I thought I hope I haven't killed this thing but I tell you what 
all that's happened, if you, you can't really see it on this image, but this thing is laden with little, tiny, little green oranges like this. This tree is full of them. There you can see a couple of the orange ones. And that's what, this is what happens. Jesus says that every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. And then in 15.5, he says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. So you have fruit, you have more fruit, you have much fruit. So you can see, and we can see throughout the word, that fruit is developed. In um, 1 John 2 verse 5, talking about love, the, um, the, the apostle John said, But whoever keeps his word... Truly, the love of God is perfected in him. And that word perfected means matured, completed. So you have the love of God, and but that love can be matured. It can be completed. John 15, 11, talking about joy. That scripture that, um, I don't know if I've quoted it actually so far. John 15, 11, Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you that my joy, oh yes, may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Not a half measure, full, that your joy may be full. And peace, 2 Peter 1, 2, the Apostle Peter says, grace and peace be multiplied. So we can see love being developed and matured, joy being full, peace being multiplied. That's just a couple of little examples, okay? There's plenty more, but we haven't got time for it. So here we see this beautiful tree, my beautiful orange tree, and we notice as well that the fruit is displayed on the branches. The fruit is for public display. It's displayed outwardly, and it's the same with the fruit of the Spirit. The effect, the outworking, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives is born on the outside of our lives not just hidden deep in my little heart that actually I'm a really kind person no it must manifest in some outward work and the way that it happens is through our words it's through our deeds it's through our character through our conduct and through our lifestyle that's how the fruit of the spirit is manifest outwardly Fruit is not fruit until it's displayed. Fruit um, starts off in a seed form. And when it's in its seed form, it's not a fully developed fruit. But when it's got certain conditions, when we were given this, this beautiful tree, we had to get a certain kind of compost for it because it's a citrus tree and it requires a citrus kind of compost. It requires sunlight. It requires warmth. It requires water. And voila, we have this gorgeous orange tree. But the same thing is true in our own lives. We, we have the fruit of the Spirit in us. We have the divine um, nature of God on the inside of us. But it's no good us having all this in us, but we don't do anything with it or we hide it under a bushel. We are not called to be God's secret agents, people. We have to... We have to shine our light before the world, but we need certain conditions in which that fruit will develop. And those conditions are things like one of the most important, yielding to the Holy Spirit. What do I mean by that? Yielding to the Holy Spirit. When You know what? When you're going for that 
extra extra biscuit and uh, uh, maybe God's just saying you know what Sandy you've had three maybe that's enough then I need to yield to the Holy Spirit and say okay three biscuits that's enough leave the biscuits in but that's yielding to the Holy Spirit because he's given me self-control yield to the Holy Spirit submit to God Submit to God. Surrender to God on a daily basis. Grow in the word and guard your heart. We've covered the guarding your heart, but, but it's so important because that's where the fruit of the Spirit is in our heart. The source is the heart, but the fruit is expressed outwardly and publicly. So today, gosh, that's 15 minutes just on my introduction, but we're going to jump right in now. We're going to talk about joy. So starting off, I'm going to tell you what it's not. Okay, joy is not happiness. Happiness is something that is dependent on our circumstances and our surroundings. And it, and it belongs to the sense realm. It's what makes us feel good. It, it, you know, it satisfies things in my life that can make me feel happy. I can like, um, you know, the sunshine on my beautiful garden and everything's going my way makes me happy but that's just natural stuff but joy is based on the Lord it's who he is and not on what happens around me joy is in my heart and belongs actually in the spirit realm so happiness is superficial but joy is supernatural so joy is not happiness Joy is not about joking. And believe you me, I like a jolly good old joke. I like a good laugh. I like a good clean joke, okay? Um, but that's not the basis for joy. And joy is not about laughing. Laughter can be an expression of joy, but in and of itself is not joy. I mean, we all know different kinds of laughter. You can get some people that have hysterical laughter, and you can even get nervous laughter. Hey, you know what I mean? Hey, so you can get nervous laughter. So what is joy? Joy comes from a Greek word, chara. You didn't know I could speak a little Greek. And um, it's a sense, it means it's a sense of inner delight, a gladness of the heart. It's not an emotion. It is not an emotion. It's a gladness of the heart, a sense of inner delight. And the word joy comes in different formats throughout the Bible in terms of the word rejoice. So when the word rejoice, it's like a refiring of your joy. Rejoice, joyful, joy. These words, this word, chara, appears in the Bible 430 times. I think it's pretty important, eh? 430 times. And just in the study of this, on this over the last couple of weeks, it's like the red car. Everywhere I look, I just see the word joy in the most unusual places it's always been there but just when you start studying it you see it in in so many different aspects and in so many different circumstances and in so many different scriptures that I've never even actually noticed them before so let's just look at it what how joy has been used in the bible in in one sense um, joy can be used as um, as a greeting in fact in Matthew 28 19 just write that scripture down. In the New King James, Matthew 28, 19, Jesus had 
had been crucified, he'd been raised from the dead. And the first words, when he appeared to the disciples, his first word, rejoice. Charaf, rejoice. What a beautiful, beautiful word to say. And in fact, tonight I just read it quickly again. And it says, and then the, when the disciples, when they saw it was Jesus and he said rejoice, they fell down and they grabbed his feet and they worshipped him. What a beautiful, what a beautiful image, isn't it, of joy. I'm not going to let you go, Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to hold on. You're going nowhere. I'm holding on to your feet. <laughs> um, and there are different aspects of joy. Okay, so we can look at some aspects of joy. There are some definite measures of joy. So John 16, 24, just write these scriptures down. John 16, 24, Jesus says, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full, that your joy may be full. Oh man, that's fantastic. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Another well-known scripture, Psalm 1611. I love the scripture. In your presence is fullness of joy. Talking about God. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. <laughs> Come on. Who doesn't want to be in the presence of God where there's fullness of joy? 1 Peter 1.8 well-known scripture speaking about Jesus it says though now you do not see him yet believing we don't see him but we believing he goes on he says you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory man that sounds like good old Pentecostal old time stuff there gutsy stuff I love it you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Listen to what the Passion Translation says. You are saturated with an ecstatic joy, indescribably sublime and immersed in glory. There are definite measures of joy and we can have full joy. Another aspect of joy Joy cannot be taken away. I've heard it so many times. The devil stole my joy. The devil stole my joy. <laughs> I might have said it myself. Okay, I'm owning up. But joy cannot be taken away. Listen to what Jesus says in John 16, 22. He says, therefore you now have sorrow because Jesus is telling the disciples that he's going away now. He's going to be crucified. He says, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice. Your heart will rejoice. And your joy, no one can take from you. No one can take your joy. Jesus says it. No one can take your joy. He says your heart will rejoice. No one can take your joy away. Joy comes from your heart. Joy comes from your heart. No one can take away your joy, including the devil, unless we give the devil access Remember recently we spoke about how we don't give the devil a foothold, that, that doorstop in the doorway. Don't give the devil a foothold because if we give him a, a foothold, he does come to rob, kill and destroy. But he doesn't just have direct access into us, only when we allow him. So don't give him that foothold. 
Don't give the devil a foothold. Don't allow him to take away what doesn't belong to him. He's a thief and a liar. Another thing, don't allow your moods to steal your joy. Moods are based on emotions. They are from the sense realm. Moods and sulking is a decision, Christian. Moods and sulking is a decision. It's a choice and it affects your soul. Sulking and being moody is a work of the flesh. Remember, Galatians 5 talks about the works of the flesh, but sulking and moodiness is a work of the flesh. No, we are called, we can have fullness of joy. We're called to walk in the Spirit. So by default, if we walk in the Spirit, we are not walking in the flesh. So let's, it's a choice. Choose to rejoice. Choose to refire that joy inside of you. The psalmist in Psalm 42, I love this, he actually speaks to his soul. He says, why are you cast down, O oh my soul? <laughs> why are you so downcast? Why are you so disquieted within me? And he says, hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. It's a choice. I, I, just in prep as well, I was thinking of David. David, you know what he was about after the Amalekites had, had um, um, plundered them and zigzag and taken away their wives and sons and daughters. And David's people wanted to, they wanted to stone him. They spoke of stoning him. He was downcast. He was, and yet the Bible says, in 1 Samuel 30, that David encouraged himself in the Lord. And that word encourage means he strengthened himself in the Lord. Sometimes we need to give ourselves a jolly good talking to. You know what? I, I frequently have to do it. I must be honest. I have to do it myself. Make a choice. Make a decision. You can be, you can be depressed and morbid all day. Go, go away and enjoy it. But don't, you know, it's, it's awful, man. It's awful. Make a choice. Rejoicing and refiring your joy is a choice. It's an act of your will. Throughout Psalms, we see those, that, that, those words, I will rejoice. I will rejoice. It appears umpteen times. Okay, that's a biblical word for I don't really know how many times, but a lot. I will rejoice. Listen to what it says in um, Psalm 9. It says, I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will be glad and rejoice in you. It's not in my circumstances. I will rejoice and be glad in you. Psalm 914, he says, I will rejoice in your salvation. Man, if you've got nothing else to be grateful for, your name, child of God, is written in the Lamb's book of life. You have got a lot to be grateful for. You've got a lot to be joyful about. Psalm 31, 7 says, I will be glad and rejoice in your mercy. God gives us what we don't deserve. He gives us his mercy. He gives us his grace. He gives us his kindness. He gives us his love. I will rejoice in your mercy. You know what? Our choices affect our heart and soul. Listen to what Isaiah 61.10 says. My soul shall be joyful in my God. I can speak to my soul. My soul is my mind, my will, and my emotions. And my soul shall be joyful in my God. I can choose to allow my soul to be joyful in my God and choose to walk in the Spirit. Listen to what it says in Habakkuk 
3.18. It says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Beautiful scripture. But I want us to just go back a couple of verses because look at the context of the scripture. In verses 17, it says, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. What this guy, Habakkuk, what he's saying, the prophet, what he's saying is there's no fruit, there's no oil, there's no wine, there's no crops, there are no flocks, there is nothing. Everything is dried up. My circumstances are dire. There's not even fruit on the vine. That means there's not even future harvest. There's nothing. And he says, yet I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. Hallelujah, man. I'm preaching myself happy here tonight. I can't believe this. Anyway, but listen, Nehemiah 8.10, that's a scripture everyone knows. Okay, we all know the scripture. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. You know what? It's clinically and medically proven that depression causes fatigue and weakness. And so a signal that your joy is, or my joy is lacking is when you have no strength. No joy, no strength. You have joy, you have strength. Now, I'm not talking about bouncing off the walls, okay? That's caffeine, that's caffeine. But strength, strength. When we start feeling sorry for ourselves, when we start having a pity party, that's when we lose our strength. And I, you know what, Joyce Meyer, she always says these words. She says, you cannot be pitiful and powerful. You choose today. Choose today. You cannot have pity for yourself and be powerful in God and have strength. So you can either choose weakness and fatigue or joy and strength. And if we just look at some of the benefits of joy, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And in that context, in Nehemiah 8.10, where it says the joy of the Lord is our strength, that also means protection or stronghold. The joy of the Lord is our protection. The joy of the Lord protects our heart. You know, I will always keep coming back. We'll always keep coming back to this as guard your heart. Guard your heart. And that's not just about keeping bad stuff out, but allowing good stuff in and good stuff out and allow joy to be your filter. Joy is your filter. It's like an antioxidant. Joy is like an antioxidant. It's full of nutrients and full of vitamins. It's good for you. As long as you are thanking God and praising God and rejoicing in him, your heart is protected. The joy of the Lord is your protection. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Another scripture talking about joy being a benefit, Proverbs 17, 22. A merry heart, a joyful heart, does good like medicine. Joy is good for us. Joy is good for us. You know, there's also a, a direct correlation between joy 
and hope I'm just going to take a sip of water. Joy and hope. I believe these two people, these two aspects are cousins. Okay, I can't prove that. Okay, but send Chris your questions. But I believe that hope is the cousin of joy. Listen to this in Romans chapter 5. Frequently when we read about joy, joy is related to trials. Okay, sorry to say that, but this is when we need it. This is when we need joy to get us through these trials, to get us through difficulties. Um, Romans chapter 5 verses 3 and 4, read it in the Amplified. I will strongly recommend it. It just expounds on it so beautifully. But um, we need joy to get through trials. Listen to it in Romans chapter 5 verse 3. It says, let us also be full of joy now. Okay, yes. Hallelujah. Yes, that's easy. But then it goes on. It says, let us exult and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patient and unswerving endurance. Hardship can produce in your life. It can produce in your life. And that is how we can be full of joy now. Like Jesus, when he went to the cross, the Bible says that looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith in Hebrews chapter 12, he says, for the joy that was set before him. That joy that was set before him was not the cross. That was a cruel, painful death. But the joy was the hope that he had. He knew that we are going to be his joy. You and I are Jesus's joy. We are. If he had a little photo in his in his wallet, he would take it out. He said, "This is my pride and joy," and it would be a photo of you and photo of me, because, you know. But there would be his his photo. He'd bring it out. He'd say, "This is my pride and joy. This is my daughter. This is my son. My pride and joy." You are the hope. You are the joy that was set before Jesus when he went to that cross. Mm. So I better hurry up because I'm running fast, running out of, almost run out of time. But I do want to just focus in on the last few minutes. How to develop joy in your life. You know what? Like we said earlier, you have the divine nature of God in your life. But if you are lacking or underdeveloped in any area, in any fruit in your life, don't just ignore that. Don't. Don't, and don't forget that we have the divine nature. The divine nature is already in us. So what do we do when we know that there are areas of underdevelopment in our life, in our lives? First and foremost, we need to know God and fellowship with him. We call to conform to the image of Jesus. We are called, and it's not by behavior modification. We cannot become more and more like Jesus just by our external actions. It's, it starts from within. So what we need to do is we need to grow in our knowledge of God. Listen to what it says in Psalm 43, 4. It says, Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. God is our exceeding joy. He is the source of joy. So it's, we go to God. For our joy. 
Zephaniah 3.17 is a beautiful scripture. Listen to this. It says, the Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one, will save. He will rejoice over you with singing, he, with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. This is what God, God is my exceeding joy and he rejoices over you with singing. He rejoices over you with gladness. He's not mad at you. He loves you. That's who he is. He is love. He is joy. He is peace. He is patient. He is kind. This is who he is. We have his nature in us. But we need to spend time in the word to know who he is. Specifically on the area of that, that requires further development. And as we yield to him, as we yield to God, so those fruits will, will be more evident. Listen to what it says in Jeremiah 15, 16. It says to me, it says in the word, it says, your words were found and I ate them. I ate God's word. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Oh man, your words were found and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. God's word is joy. It brings joy and rejoicing in my heart. God's word is so beautiful. It is so rich. We need to develop an effective prayer life because God says, ask and you will receive that your joy will be full. Develop an active praise life. I'm running out of time. I'm just trying to come into land. But joy and hope and joy and praise, are, they are all related. They are all related. Praise generates joy. And I want to just come into land with this, the final thought of how to develop joy in your life. Give of yourself to others. Give of yourself to others. The Bible says it is more blessed to give than to receive. As you give to others, God does something in you. You know, joy is spelled J-O-Y. I'm sure you're aware of that. J-O-Y. J for Jesus. Give Jesus first place. Others, serve others, love others, be a blessing to others. And then why is yourself? Don't worry about yourself. God will take care of you. You take care of others. God will take care of you. Put him, give him first place in your life. So, joy. How do, we, how do we live out this life of joy? Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Like all the other fruits that we're going to go through in the weeks ahead. Walk in the Spirit. That's all I've got time for. I've still got props that I haven't used. I wanted to talk about the little fruit. Oh, this is the little fruit, this is the bigger fruit, and this is the mega fruit. This is where we want to get to, okay, people? God bless you all. Have a great week. Enjoy God. Bless you guys. Bye.